Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we play Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger. Today, Stephen and I are chatting with Larissa Green of Advanta IRA. So Stephen has a self-directed IRA that he can do some very creative things with. Uh, essentially, like have a retirement income and also invest in very unique things like outside of stocks, like real estate, uh, private investments. He can invest in somebody's business, uh, crypto gold oil rigs and startup businesses, just to name a few. And so having an account like this gives you that flexibility to be able to invest in other things. And so Stephen wanted to have Larissa on to talk about some of those uh, creative stuff. And then we talked also basically about what would most of my audience need from this, glean from this? How could they apply this? So essentially, let's say you have a job and you already have a 401k. Larissa said, just ask either your employer, your HR department, maybe the company that you have that um, account with, and just ask this question, can I move any of this to an IRA? And you'll know um, from them, they can tell you uh, what those rules might be. Uh, you might be able to take a portion of that funds that are already in there and put it to work with something more creative. You may be able to invest in your Amazon business, potentially somebody else's Amazon business, if you're doing uh, e-commerce. So just some really creative things we talked about today. Um, some of the stuff that Stephen talked about was way in the cloud. So if that's not for you, you can skip all of that part. But just wanted to get you to thinking about unique ways. There's because there are just so many different ways out there to uh, to earn extra money, to do uh, different things with the money that you may already have. Also, check out all the episodes from my friend Mark Willis because he has some things to say about all this as well. There are things you can do uh, using uh, his strategy uh, to um, leverage that money that you already have building for retirement. So I'll put a link to all those episodes as well. But here is our episode with Larissa. Larissa, welcome to Streams of Income. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen, for bringing her on, roping her into this. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's been a go-to with a bunch of questions so i figured exactly. we'd have her on and start well, asking um, more questions Stephen, why don't you kick it off tell me just like how you know her real quick and then we'll have her talk kind of talk about her a little maybe a little bit about her story and then we'll get into the stuff we want to chat about yeah i guess i'm trying to think back i don't even know how i met her probably in a real estate meeting um yes. okay. i was working for a mutual friend who just passed actually which is sorry to bring that up but um i was working with a friend and I think I met Larissa through one of the meetings and then she came and was doing her, um, I guess, promotional. Yeah. She normally sponsors a bunch of those events. Mm -hmm. And then I just started learning more about it and asking her a bunch of questions. I've always tried to mirror what we're doing in real estate in business. I think now, even the last two years, really trying to do that a lot more. I've been asking Larissa. So just a bunch of more questions. Most of it, I'm running into self-dealing. So that is an issue, but uh, she's been extremely helpful. She's been a go-to for a lot of the real estate guys and she's a conduit. A lot of people say, oh, if you have a question, go to Larissa and ask. So I've always ex been extremely grateful that I know Larissa and be able to ask her questions that she's answered them clearly, precisely, and professionally, which I've always appreciated. Awesome. <laughs> so Larissa, tell us your story. Just tell me where you, how you got to where you are and what you're doing now. 
Yeah, so um, actually, it's been an interesting road for me. Um, I actually started with Advanta a little over 12 years ago. And at that time, I was looking for a new position, a new job, and Advanta was hiring really just for sort of like back office work. So they needed help with paperwork and filing and um, sort of um, needed a person that would assist in all areas or all aspects of the business. And so I started there, not really sure where it was going, but I had some real estate background. I worked for a broker doing um, marketing for him way back in the day. So that's sort of how I connected with this position. And um, after a couple of months of learning what Advanta did, it was just really intriguing to me. And so that sort of kept me on this path of learning more about the business and things that I can do there. And um, for about two years, I did um, back office work. So I helped people open accounts, I did transfers, investments, I helped with incoming checks and outgoing money. Um, so that really got me involved in what was going on. And then two years into that, I said, you know, I'd really like to do more. And so I started with marketing and education and sponsoring events like Stephen mentioned. And I, I, Stephen, I'm really not sure how long we've known each other, but I've been sponsoring events for so long. It's possible, but it's been lots of years. Um, but through sponsoring events, I learned so much. I get to go to classes, um, local real estate classes. And also I've been um, out of the state many, many times to sponsor events. But through those events, I learned so much about investing through a self-directed account. And I actually do self-direct my 401k. And I've been so grateful for the journey that I've been on because it has really changed my life and the way that I look at things in general. So, you know, when you talk about income, whether it's passive or earned, you know, things of that nature, I don't know if I ever would have really looked at things in that way if it hadn't been for my career at Advanta. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's get, let's get super basic because we have people that are all over the map on this show that are listening. People that don't even know have any idea what you just said. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about what an IRA is and what the difference is between that and a self direct. I think people know four hundred one k. That's pretty obvious. We hear that all the time. But what's a what is a self directed IRA? I guess so one more I question to add to that is go into what Advanta is. Also, I think those sure. two kind of marry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right there, Stephen. Um, a self-directed IRA, very simply, is a retirement account that you can use to invest outside of the market. So a lot of people will come to me and say, my brokerage firm account is a self-directed IRA, but our definition is something much different. We're looking at a self-directed account as something you could literally invest into things of your choosing. So when you're looking at your brokerage firm self-directed IRA, they're giving you options that they sell. So they're saying, hey, you can invest in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. We have this list to choose from. But actually, the IRS has always allowed you to invest in so many other things. There's just not administrators out there like Advanta readily available to help you with those investments. And so we're really just filling the gap in the industry. Um, you need an administrator between you and your retirement account meaning that you can't just simply take money from your IRA, put it in a bank account, call it an IRA, and then make the investments you choose. You have to have an administrator that is going to do your record keeping. That's very important. Money has to go to that administrator as an IRA. It goes out of that account so that you can make the investments you choose, but everything has to properly be titled in the name of the retirement account, which your administrator is going to help you do. So that's the purpose of Advanta. And probably the reason a lot of people haven't heard of self-directed IRAs 
in the way that we're talking about today, because there's just not a lot of administrators out there. Many people actually come to us because they find a private investment that they want to make and they go to their brokerage firm and say, hey, I want to make this investment. And they kind of get turned down. Like they are, they hear it's a distribution from the account or the IRS doesn't allow those. And brokerage firms are great. They do what they do. And we just sort of do the opposite. And so a lot of brokerage firms aren't even aware that you can make these investments. And when I say private investments, I'm talking about things like real estate, investing in private stock and private businesses, cryptocurrencies, gold and silver bars and coins, and really the list goes on and on. Mm. Oil rigs, yes, yeah, all the stuff that's not, <laughs> I guess, common. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, those are what most people think about when they think of retirement accounts, but this allows you to go into anything. Yeah. Um, before we started recording, I just said there's a bunch of business people that I've talked to that would like to invest into that same similar business, but it's not on the stock exchange. It's just a local business, but you can do that through your self-directed IRA. You can. Yes. Uh -huh. We do see people invest in especially things like startups, or sometimes you'll call it like you'll hear it called like crowdfunding or angel investing, and you can do all of that through an IRA. That's yeah, awesome. different than IPOs where their initial public offerings where they're already on the stock exchange. This is off the publicly mm -hmm. traded stocks. Larissa, mm -hmm. if I'm, uh, let's say that, okay, perfect example is my brother. I know he has a 401k through his job and it's a matching situation. Is there, is he kind of stuck into that or is there any way that, um, I know he could set up his own IRA through you guys by doing something extra. Is there a way to convert like what he's currently got going on? Like if I just for most people that have a regular job that are in have a 401k plan, can they turn that into self-directed? So potentially um, okay. the IRA, the 401k administrator is really going to dictate that okay. um, so when this, the plan itself is set up. So sometimes people say, oh, well, it's it's through fidelity, for example. Can I self-direct that? It, it doesn't matter who holds the um, basically the administration of that um, 401k. It's more specific to the plan itself. So when the plan was set up. Um, did they allow for in-service distributions or in-service rollovers? Or is there a specific age or a specific sort of bucket of money you can move money from? So um, it just, it does depend. And they want to check with either the employer or the administrator to find out if the plan allows it. Sometimes it's going to be based on your age or the number of years in service, or you're going to only be allowed to move either the employee or employer contribution. And sometimes you can't do it at all. It just sure. depends. What's the question that he would need to ask or where would he even go to find that so um he could look in his plan documents but sometimes that's cumbersome for people who are not familiar with yeah. so I, I would go straight to the employer or hr or plan administrator so i would okay. say who can help me with questions on my 401k and they would direct him and then the the question very simply is can i move any of this to an ira mm, that's good this is why I really enjoy working with Larissa. <clears throat> One, because a lot of these questions are, it depends. And even stuff that I float by Larissa too, she's like, ah, you need to really talk to a lawyer at this point. But she knows her stuff. She also knows where the line is. But a lot of this is unknown. And especially when you talk to the retirement accounts, there's so many variables in. I think a lot of these answers might be, it depends. But this is why I suggest anybody that's interested to reach out to Larissa or Advana because they will be able to give you a little bit more of a specific use case for yourself. Because a lot of these hypotheticals, I think it was depends. That's why I started smiling as soon as I asked that question. I was like, I kind of know where this is going. <laughs> it depends. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yep, depends. Yeah. 
Okay, so we have a lot of people on our uh, that listen to this show that are um, e-commerce sellers, and a lot of them specifically sell on Amazon. Um, you were mentioning some of the things that people can invest in. Would that include? I imagine I can't invest in my own business, right? Like, I could I could I could I take some money out of the IRA to buy inventory to sell for my own business? So potentially, okay. All right. Stephen and I have had this conversation many times. <laughs> That's really um, cool. That's good news. Yeah. So, so there's a few different ways you can structure um, an investment through a 401k. So this would mm -hmm. not be through an IRA. An IRA has rules strictly prohibiting what they call self-dealing. And yep. so when you're looking at your IRA, um, people say, well, I just want to borrow money from it. Or how do I set myself up with a loan? And an IRA just doesn't allow for that. Um, yeah. But a 401k could potentially do that. And there's two ways you can do it. Um, with a 401k, you could potentially take a loan. And so if you also have a W-2 job where you have a 401k, sometimes 401ks do allow what they call a participant loan. And a participant loan is going to be 50,000 or 50% 50 of the total value, the lesser of the two. This is a structured loan. So when it, it's not free money, essentially. Um, you do have to pay it back. You have five years to pay it back. You have to make regular payments to this um, loan. And it does have to have a fair market value interest rate. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking to go through your W-2 employers 401k, they might even have it more structured where they say, hey, you have to make monthly payments. This is what the interest rate we require is. Or if you're through like a solo 401k, a lot of that as um, the trustee and administrator of your own plan, you might be able to dictate some of that. Mm -hmm. It's just going to depend. If you do not have a W-2 job with a 401k and you have something like a solo 401k and just very simply, this is a plan set up for you as the business owner. You don't have to have a formally established entity. It could be you as a sole proprietor. And that 401k could potentially also allow loans to participants. So for example, Advanta offers a solo 401k. It does offer loans to participants. The rules are going to be the same though. Those are federal like IRS rules essentially where you're going to be allowed to take 50,000 or 50% 50 of the total value, the lesser of the two, and you have five years to pay it back. So that's um, just something to consider. But yeah. let's say that you have a solo 401k and there's 20,000 in there. That means you could take up to 10,000. You have five years to pay it back. And once you take that personal loan, you can use it for whatever you need. So if you wanted it for your e-commerce business to buy inventory, then you could do that. That would be mm. allowed within those rules. Um, do you have any questions about that? Because I have yeah, one so other. What if I wanna, so you said you can use it for whatever you need. What if I want to attend a, an e-commerce uh, conference in Hawaii? Is that cool? Yeah, it's it's a personal loan. So you're taking that loan and you're using it for whatever you need. So wow. it's it's not really linked to the business in that way, Got because it. once you have those funds, they're in your personal bank account and you can use them. Just keeping in mind, again, that that payback rule, you don't want to miss payments. If that amount essentially could be distributed to you as a value if you don't make your regular payments. Mm, I'm very excited. Because these are the conversations I love to have. And I'm going to ask a question that might um, throw a little wrench in this. But it's just, this is why you need people like this on your team to be able to ask to get exactly the answers that you're looking for and be able to continually go down that route. But Larissa, for a even self-directed IRA, if Ryan had a self-directed IRA, could he not lend me money on my business, on my inventory? So isn't this why... You Having financial friends then opens the door to then kind of have 
it depends even more conversations to open up the doors of how to do it yes that's true it, it, it's um remember that i mentioned self-dealing so um if you're not if you're unrelated to the individual um if this transaction is considered arm's length so uh, really what the IRS is looking for is no current benefit to you or the IRA holder for making the investment, meaning that, um, you know, if Stephen wanted to lend money to Ryan from his IRA or 401k for inventory, that he's not also personally getting some sort of kickback for doing that. So if he said, hey, Ryan, I'll lend you $10,000 from my IRA. And Ryan said, if you do that, I will lend you 10,000 from my IRA at the same interest rate. That could be problematic, right? That's not arm's length. We're sort of looking at, you know, a disqualified distribution here at that point, because I sort of call that reciprocal lending, where you really want to be careful with that sort of thing. But if Stephen said, hey, I heard you were looking for a loan on your um, inventory and you were going to pay X interest rate for one year. Hey, I'm in on that deal. I have that money to give you. And then say six months later, Ryan said, hey, I heard that you had an opportunity where you were partnering on something and my IRA would really like to be involved in that opportunity. These two opportunities don't feel like they're related. And so that might be okay. But when you're talking about related investments or sort of that reciprocal lending, that's where you might have an issue. But otherwise, yes, this could be an arm's length transaction where you're unrelated to the individual that you're making the investment through and you don't have a current benefit for making that investment. And that would be okay. So you said, yes, you can do it through yourself, not really through an IRA self-directed or a Roth, but you can do it through other means. And you were saying about the, your company also has a match for a 401. You can make a loan out to yourself. But the other side of the coin is if you have a friend, you can make those loans also. So this is why I love this <laughs> business real estate game, because even when you get an answer and it's very strict, like you can't do it this way, there are other things that kind of open the door to go, oh yeah, you can do it that way. I just had a conversation the other day with a real estate broker, I guess. Um, and I was saying, oh, couldn't I be the agent on? And he said, no, you can't be an agent because you don't have your licensing. And I said, if I had an option contract on, doesn't that allow me to operate semi like an agent? And he says, yes, because you have ownership of that property. So it's, you can do these things. Sometimes you just have to ask a couple of different questions. So when they give you the answer that says no, I always like to go, all right, what's a different way that I could do this? And yeah. I'm not trying to break the rule. I'm just trying to see where is my opportunity for me to be able to move forward with this? Because I have lent money to people. A lot of my current problem is just a lot of self-dealing. There's a lot of like, this does kind of relate back to a business that we're doing and I don't want any of those problems. So having calls with a lawyer, they're saying, don't do that either. But being able to kind of flush some of this stuff out with Larissa has been invaluable. Well, and, and you're correct in saying, you know, sometimes you just have to look for the correct structure um, because it's going to be really important. So, you know, we talked about how your IRA can't lend you money, but maybe you do have financial friends where you can go to them and say, hey, I'm looking to raise capital for X, Y, Z. Are you interested in this deal? And that might work out for you instead. Um, and then, you know, structuring the deal is going to be super important where Stephen and I have talked extensively about how this might work or that might work or maybe structuring it properly with an attorney will allow that to work because we don't have enough information on certain scenarios from the IRS for something that you might be able to do. So, you know, a lot of times people will sort of come back to, you know, the Google situation and how that was structured and things of that nature. And that's when I say, that's when you want to talk to an attorney because I can't structure that for you, but it might work and it might not work. Um, you know, an attorney's opinion is going to really matter in those scenarios because they're willing to defend 
ultimately the structure that they want to set up for you. And so that's where, you know, you want to bring in your legal team or, you know, find an attorney that can help you and we can refer you to attorneys for sure. And my partner always says that, although sometimes people say attorneys can be expensive, he says that, you know, it's an inexpensive way to ensure it's structured properly. And I agree with that. So, you know, when you're looking at maybe a thousand dollars to have it structured, but ultimately get that deal done in your retirement account and have it grow tax for your tax deferred, maybe worth it in the long run. Yeah, and I guess I uh, these are a little bit more extremes that we're talking about, but I do want to bring this back to this can be done almost with any amount of money, because even at some of these meetings, events, stuff that we're going to, people are looking for lending opportunities with a hundred, five hundred, a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. So I don't want anybody to hear this and go, oh, this is not for me because I don't have enough money. You can start this. Is there a minimum that you can do this with the risk? Because I don't think so, but maybe there is. There, we have no required minimum. Usually what I tell people is take a look at the fees, what you're going to be paying, you know, annually. And if it makes sense for you, then, you know, absolutely you can do it. And so, you know, that's where you're sort of, you know, because like I said, you can invest in um, cryptocurrency, for example, and sometimes that doesn't take a ton of money, um, you know, or uh, tax liens, for example, you can invest in tax liens with just a couple hundred dollars. So there's a lot of opportunity out there. You just want to look at the structure and see if it makes sense for you. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for that tax deferred or tax free growth, then, you know, that is something, you know, kind of taking advantage of that and again, of that structure and, and making it work. Are there limits to so, the amount that you can invest in these IRAs over in a year, just like a normal 401k? Yes. So these are going to be, um, based on, you know, IRS guidelines and rules. And so these are IRAs just like any other, and they're, it's a 401k just like any other. So we're subject to all the normal limits on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. And um, they sometimes they go up a little bit every year. Um, and for the individual accounts like IRAs, they don't typically, for like Roth and traditional, those typically don't change year after year, but sometimes they do um, get a bump up in how much you can contribute. But the employer-based plans typically do go up every year. So that's the solo 401k, the SEP IRA, the simple IRA, those do go up every year. I think the HSA goes up every year. So mm-hmm. making your contribution, you know, looking at the annual limits. The really cool thing about the accounts, though, and this is true for any IRA or any solo 401k, the contributions are really flexible in that even though 6,500 is the limit for a Roth IRA this year, you don't have to put 6,500 in. So if you're looking at an opportunity that's coming up again, you know, that scenario where Stephen maybe lends Ryan money. Um, if he said, Hey, I just need $5,000. And Stephen says, you know what? I'm going to open an IRA. I'm going to put that 5,000 in a Roth IRA and have it grow tax free. You can do that. You don't have to put 6,500 in. Yeah. And I think that's important for people too, because if you're not saving for retirement um, and you just don't feel like you can do that at this time you can put any amount in and you know today is is better than you know tomorrow type of scenario so steven the reason you like this so much correct me if i'm wrong here is that like if you had let's say you had ten thousand in there you give me five grand you invest in my business at five grand and let's say it yields a hundred percent return so i'm giving you back your original five grand plus another five grand, you put that into that, you can put that back into the account and not have to pay taxes on it. Is that correct? So that's how it grows much faster than than your individual yearly contributions? Yes. Okay. All right. And there's, I don't know how extreme we want to get with this, but there, there have been very unique situations where you can lend very small amounts of money and return large amounts of money or just 
wrapping a mortgage, I guess, is a maybe one that I can. I have a hard time explaining this. That's why I love talking to people who are risk. They're much better at educating this. But theoretically, you could wrap a mortgage with a hundred dollars and then return monthly money to that account tax, growing that account tax free. So it's a small amount of money that can turn into a large amount of money, allowing you to put a lot more money in there than the limits that you're set on. So yeah. yes, that is why I love those there's, types there's of no limit on the return that you can get. You can stuff as much money as you get in there from the actual business transaction. Yeah, I don't. But you do have so yearly risen. limits. Yeah, the Robbies, yeah, I guess, have limits. pushed the limits to that. So <laughs> I would say no, but I don't. Yeah. Maybe there is some limits on it. No, no, no. Growth is unlimited, um, and so that is really, truly where the benefit is for your future retirement, right? Because you can um, invest in these deals, and you know, Stephen mentioned a wrap mortgage. Um, that's a really cool investment. I feel like it's a little bit more of an advanced strategy, but definitely yeah. something. I was trying to think of a simple, but yeah. I couldn't. Crypto <laughs> yeah, might be yeah. a good one. Like you buy Bitcoin yeah. with through yeah. it. And then Bitcoin yeah. goes up to hundred thousand, and suddenly you've got you know you, you did have five grand, now you've got sixty grand in there. Like oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah those are more yeah, speculative absolutely. investments. Sure. So sure. my mind doesn't go there, but those are much easier to show examples of. So right. yes, yep, exactly right. Um, also, I just wanted to circle back to investing in your own business because there was a second strategy in there um, that you can use. You can use a 401k to invest in your own business. And a 401k is sort of the exception to the rule as far as self-dealing goes if you structure it properly. So again, this is you know where you're going to get your attorney involved and your CPA involved to make sure that you're structuring it properly. But you can have a 401k that invests into your business. So it literally will buy shares into your business um, in order to you know give that uh, cash flow that you might need. It's called Rollover for Business Startup. Robs. Um, Robs. Yep. We, we commonly refer to it as Robs. And um, if you're, you know, looking to do some um, searching on it, it's a Robs plan is normally what you call it, R-O-B-S, Rollover for Business Startup. And basically what you're doing is you are forming a C corporation for your business. You're starting a 401k for the business. You are putting money into that 401k from a, typically from another retirement plan. So either an old W-2 employer's plan or an old pre-tax traditional IRA. I mentioned pre-tax because only pre-tax money can be rolled into a 401k unless you it's can't, directly from another 401k. Okay. You can't yeah. even do it and then pay fees or penalties on? There's no rolling over from a non-Roth into a Roth? From you can't roll over from a Roth IRA to a 401k, but you can move Roth and pre-tax money from another 401k. So if it exists in a 401k, okay. it okay. can be moved to another 401k. But if it exists out here in a Roth IRA that's existing, Roth IRA money can't go into a 401k okay. right now. Even if the 401k allows Roth contributions, it still can't come in from that source. Um, but Roth 401k money can go into another 401k that allows it. I know it's a little confusing, but um, so you you basically would get money into this new 401k for the business. And then this 401k, remember I mentioned it's a C-corp, would buy shares in that C-corporation, ultimately funding that business. And so you there isn't, this isn't considered self-dealing, um, but it's allowing you to get that, in, you know, um, infusion of capital into the business. 
there are, it, it sounds great. I know not everybody loves a C corporation, but it does have to be a C corp. There are a few things. Um, if you are going to have employees and they would be eligible for a 1K, for a 401k, you would have to include them. You may even allow them. You may even have to allow them to buy shares in the business through the 401k, just like you're doing. Remember, this is all about um, fairness testing and things of that nature. Um, so this is definitely where you want to talk to your attorney, your CPA, and find out if this is a good fit for you. If you're a sole proprietor, an independent business owner, you have no employees, even if you have partners in the business, this still could work, but no employees, then you could use the solo 401k tool for a Rob's plan. Um, if you have employees, definitely a time to talk to a CPA or an attorney familiar with this. And even if you have no employees, making sure that this is the right structure for you because a Rob's doesn't work for everybody. And that's super important because every year you have to value that stock um, by a third party, turn in evaluation and file a tax form called a 5500 to keep the Rob's plan going. So making sure you're understanding all of that. I only know just enough about it to tell you a little <laughs> bit about it. I always tell Stephen, but not enough about it to advise you and I wouldn't feel comfortable anyway. But just so you're aware, that option is out there. And especially if you have no employees, that might be something to talk to your um, advisor about. However, people with employees do it all the time. So again, you know, making sure you have professionals that can help you. Yeah, I think the biggest split down the wealth line that I see from talking to a bunch of people, the wealthier people that I know understand a lot of this terms, how to use it. I don't think they understand every single piece of it, but they have it down to a place where they can leverage it to help them in their wealth building journey. But I know some people might be overwhelmed by, but you don't have to receive all of this, but take from this just the aha that things can be done slightly different and then try to find out how you can apply it to your own business. But I would say this understanding is definitely where the line draws from people that I know that are very, very wealthy and people that I know that are doing okay. But as soon as you can start moving that money into tax-free spaces for yourself, I think that's where the whole game changes and you can start really building wealth, future wealth, especially setting yourself up for the future. As I go to, as I've gone to, I don't know if we're going to any more e-com events, but it seemed like there was a misunderstanding of how to like retire, especially if you're self-employed. I think there are a lot of opportunities in the e-com space that you can start building up your own retirement. I think self-directed is, but I would suggest the best way to go about it, doing it, especially if you're in those circles, you know, those people, you've known those people for a long time, even a simple, you have an e-com business. Q4 was amazing. Set aside a thousand dollars and then see if you can start lending <clears throat> or at least understanding how to use this self-directed IRA. Cause you can put that thousand dollars into a self-directed Roth, correct IRA. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then start lending or at least learning that and growing that retirement account for yourself, because you might be very surprised in a year or two, the amount of knowledge you can gain and the amount that you can grow that retirement account for yourself, setting yourself up for retirement. Because I know that is a, I guess the way that I talked about always was from real estate standpoint, and just asking people, what are you doing for retirement? But in the e-com space, it just seemed like they were like, oh, when I get there, hopefully it will be. But this allows you to start getting your foot in the door and your toes wet. 
to see how to leverage these tools to your benefit, especially if you are self-direct, <clears throat> self-employed and wanting to grow retirement. I think this is a simple way to get in, especially I think for me and Ryan, it was very easy to lend money out because I know him. But those opportunities, I'm sure if you're in these circles, especially in the e should present themselves because <laughs> I've always been short <clears throat> when looking for inventory, not having cash on hand because it's tied up in something else. And I think another e person would understand your inventory is where all your money is. You haven't got paid out yet. I can float you some money at X percent and you can benefit each other. Yes. And I think, um, like you said, you know, starting with a thousand or, you know, even <clears throat> as I mentioned, you know, sometimes people say, well, just right now is not the time. But even if you could just get a little bit of money every month into an IRA, it, it builds up fast. It's definitely one of those things where you look back and you're like, wow, is that already at a thousand dollars or is that already? I mean, we all know that adage time flies, right? So mm -hmm. before you know it, you have that many in that account and you're ready to self-direct. And another benefit of self-directing, and really that's what we're talking about here is, um, investing in what you know best, right? So e-commerce is what you know. Mm -hmm. And so how can you leverage that IRA to grow your retirement account and what you know best? I mean, we do every year, me and my partner, Corey, do a webinar on the unique investments of a self-directed IRA. And we call that from uh, a crypts to cryptocurrency because we've had people invest in crypts and we've had people invest in cattle, alpaca, racehorses. And these all seem so unique to us, but these people making those investments are just simply investing in what they know best. You know, this is their their life day after day. They're investing in things like racehorses or they're out there working farms and handling cattle and things of that nature. And so that's where they want their retirement account. You know, they're taking that retirement account and saying, hey, there's a farm down the road. And I know that this cattle is going to be, you know, prime stock or whatever it might be. And if you're listening and I'm using the wrong terminology, it's <laughs> not my wheelhouse, but but, you know, literally taking that money and investing in what they know best. I mean, I have um, an individual that I talk to all the lot, all the time that invests in farmland. He invests in businesses for farms, you know, and so he, that is what he knows. And that's really where he sort of takes pride also in helping out local communities and making those investments. So I think that's important. That's awesome. Steven, do you feel like the, um, the majority of people listening to this, the easiest path for them is um i mean there's so many different ways to do this and call we larissa talk, we can talk forever <laughs> about being creative but like if you have a job and you already have a 401k you're making contributions to and your employer either either you're making contributions or you're making and, and your employer is matching them to see if you can start a self-directed ira right like because then it gives you the flexibility to invest in other things besides just what that plan says is that is that steven do you feel like that's kind of the that will hit the most people. Yeah, and I, I guess my wife has a job and she does have a matching, but it's only matching up to a certain point. And mm -hmm. hers is not a, um, at the hospital I worked at, they would match and double up okay. to a certain point. But just learning where those limits are, because I've found a lot of people hit those limits before they even realize it. And some of that money that they're putting into those accounts are not being matched. That type of stuff can be then put into a different retirement wow. account, but it is just a understanding of what you're doing. What is your retirement? It's not exciting. It's not fun to talk about, but it is, I think the benchmark for the wealth generating, like having an understanding of that kind of stuff and then setting yourself for the future. I, I, I've said that to Larissa, that now is not the time I don't have time for, but it's, 
it is kind of the thing that I look back on and go, ah, I should have done that a little bit sooner. I should have been putting money into this account. I should have been doing these things because now I am getting older. I'm getting close to 40 and looking at my twenties, I was just like, I'm gonna live forever. But now you get 40 and start losing a lot of friends. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I should have really done this earlier. And I think that's why I wanted her on this to just, let's have a group discussion about this. Let's talk about this. These are things that I would maybe talk one-on-one with people, but not be very good at like explaining or setting up the different things. I would just be like, mm-hmm. go talk to somebody. I don't know who to tell you to talk to, but talk to somebody, at least like put these ideas out there. But yes, mm-hmm. understanding where you stand, what your retirement is. And I think if you have any interest in, start looking into these things and call Larissa. Every situation is different, but Mm-hmm. I feel the self-directed IRA getting money out of the stock market because the more I learn about these companies, I don't want to have any hand in these companies. It just is like wild what they're doing. I'd much rather, like Larissa said, have an impact locally, have an impact on people I know, do something where I can see where the money's going and feel good about what's happening along with benefiting myself and my future. But the only default I could say is call Larissa, <laughs> talk to Amanda, talk to a servicer, talk to somebody about this, even if you want to go to your job and talk to them. But I found that those are very disheartening conversations sometimes because those people are not necessarily very versed in, and they're mm-hmm. just trying to default answer to whatever they feel is the best for you. And they'll say, high risk, this is going to be trouble, you're going to do this. I went to when I was maybe 17, not to ask my mom on the exact age, in with my mother to her place to talk to about her retirement. She had some money in there. I wanted to pull some money out and put it into a different, I didn't know about accounts or anything. I just was gonna pull it out, pay the fees and taxes, and then buy some stocks for her Ford when they were down at a dollar. And that's like my biggest regret that I didn't do it because they talked us out of it. They were like, oh, this is high risk. You're gonna lose all this stuff. This is gonna be horrible. You're paying all these fees. You're gonna, it was just like, but the stock that went from a dollar up to 15 would have been way outpacing any fees or whatever else. and. That account that she still has with them, I mean, she's rolled it over at other things, but it hasn't grown anywhere near what it could have done that many years ago. So go in there, get all the information that you can, but then don't take what they're saying as gospel. I think just mm-hmm. being young, I didn't know any better and go, this guy's a professional. I'm listening to a professional, but just continue to ask questions and <laughs> have people like Larissa on your team that go like, you can't do that. This might be another way of doing it, but you really want to talk to a lawyer or here's a number to call, talk to this person. Those are the things that are extremely beneficial. I guess the other part of this before we end up this call, Larissa, we talked briefly on how a business owner might be able to get financing for a home because I think that's another hot button right now. Um, People are thinking of maybe moving, don't necessarily want to sell their house, but want to buy another house, but the interest rates are hurting them. The other part of being a... (laughs) self-employed person is you're trying to show as little income as possible, but it's hard when you go to a bank and they need to see a high income to lend you money. Are there self-directed or anything that you would suggest in that field for a business owner using any kind of accounts to think about when looking for a new home? Yep. So we talked a little bit about financial friends. Um, Again, you can't um, borrow money from your IRA or lend yourself money from your IRA or your 401k in the way that people are hoping, you know, so you're not just going to go into your 401k and take 150,000 out of there um, to show a substantial down payment. For example, the limit is 50,000 from your 401k 
or 50%, the lesser of the two. But going back to financial friends, if you have people willing to lend you money, um, you know, it could be a first mortgage, a second mortgage, a third mortgage. Um, when you're looking at stuff like that, that might work for you. Um, you're going to typically, um, Stephen and I talked about Dodd-Frank and how, you know, it could apply if you're borrowing for um, your primary residence, but looking at other um, real estate as well um, for collateral could work as well. And I'm not saying you couldn't lend in a Dodd-Frank situation, but this is, again, another time to get an attorney involved and make sure that you're doing everything properly. The, you know, the forms are filled out, all the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, that sort of situation. But you do sort of um, see that happening at times too. So again, looking to your financial friends where, you know, something like that could potentially work for you. Now, IRAs and 401ks, they both have sort of an exception for um, first-time home buyers um, for taking money out of those accounts for towards your down payment. Um, and I think that first-time home buyer is sort of a little misleading. The rules are a little flexible there. Again, talking to your CPA about what that looks like in order to take a distribution penalty free. Um, it's not a ton of money, but it might get you more closer to the down payment that you were looking for. I think um, it might be $10,000, but I'd have to look that up for you because it's been a little while since I don't really deal in that directly. Um, but you would get the distribution penalty free. It doesn't mean that you don't pay taxes but it means that you might be able to get some money out towards your down payment if you were looking at something like that. Yeah, I guess that first time a home buyer is deceptive because it's like first home in the last however many years or whatever the case may be. But even things like that where this could get you an extra $10,000 for a down payment. This is why calling Larissa and just explaining your situation, exactly what you're trying to do is the best way to move forward. Because I called her on a friend's behalf saying like he wants to move into a house, but I don't want to lend because it is his primary. And Larissa said, well, why don't you lend on the house that he's leaving? And I was just like, oh, obviously I should have <laughs> thought of that first. Like it's those types of things where you're just like, it, you're trying to do it this way. And you're like, I don't really know how. And then you run into a wall. You can't because of you have to get a mortgager to make the mortgage. And I was like, oh, that seems like a lot of hoops. I don't want to jump through those. But lending on a house that he might be leaving as an investment property, you can avoid all that. So it's like, oh, I can lend him that money on that. He can then use it to go purchase a new home or put the down payment or whatever the case may be. But it just gives you that option. Structuring those deals is what I find is the most enjoyable part of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to mention too, because we talked about making your contributions to your employer-based 401k, is that um, you can have a 401k and you can still make your contributions to an IRA. So I just wanted to point that out. Even if you're maxing out your 401k, that's sort of your opportunity to also max out an IRA. Um, your contribution has to be eligible. And there's a whole list of things that go into the eligibility of a contribution. But of course, you have to have the earned income to make that contribution. If you're making a Roth contribution, you can't make more or earn more than a certain amount in a given year. Um, that amount is going to depend whether you're single or married filing jointly, um, or you can contribute to a traditional IRA and get it over to the Roth IRA. So there's a lot of things that you can still do within the rules. But my point being that even if you have a 401k and even if you're maxing it out, you still can contribute. You can still have and contribute to an IRA and you can always grow your retirement account. So even if you're not eligible to make contributions for one reason or another, you can still invest and grow those investments. And with a self-directed IRA, I like to say the sky is just about the limit. Um, you know, there's the self-dealing rules and there's only two in, um, asset classes that you can't invest in and that's life insurance and collectibles. 
So outside of that, you're really looking at so many opportunities, um, you know, in your wheelhouse. Is that life insurance your own life insurance? Can you buy remainder interest in other people's life insurance? No, you cannot buy remainder interest. I get asked that all the time. Currently, <laughs> the rules say no. <laughs> Currently, the rules say no. Okay. And you were saying the 401 to borrow out as a first-time home buyer is not necessarily through self-directed or anything that you're doing. You're just saying even if you have a 401k, period, you can go into your own employees, whatever, and ask them, and they might be able to help you out with it. Or yes. say they don't know, but th that could be an option even if you're not doing self-directed or any uncommon investing. You still have those options. You do. You do. IRA and 401k rules are um, the same across the board. Now, what you're allowed to invest in because of the administrator, what you're allowed to do because of the administrator, that's going to vary. But the rules are going to be the same across the board. So contribution limits, um, the self-dealing rules, things of that nature, um, moving money from IRA to IRA. A lot of times people are afraid that that's a taxable event and it's not a taxable event. Moving from an old employer's plan, um, meaning you have severed ties with that employer, you can do that at any time. And a lot of times when you're moving money, you'll hear, well, that's taxable. And it doesn't have to be. You can move from a pre-tax 401k to an, a pre-tax IRA, like a traditional IRA, and there's no taxes or penalties involved. So it's super important to sort of understand how that works because somebody um, I just spoke to said, well, they told me I have to have a Roth IRA if I want to self-direct it. And I'm moving from a pre-tax account but there's going to be taxes and penalties paid. Um, it can go from the pre-tax account to another pre-tax account. No taxes or penalties are paid. Or, and I think Stephen alluded to this earlier, you can move from a pre-tax old 401k to a Roth IRA. You yes. don't pay penalty for that, but Tax. you do taxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because those are some of the things that, with my mother and other people, just learning those rules and then trying to go, okay, what can we do with this? But moving from traditional to traditional is fine. Moving from Roth to Roth is fine. Moving from traditional to Roth, you just have to pay the taxes. Yes. Yeah, I'm smiling a lot when you? you're talking because I actually can remember some of these rules now. <laughs> <laughs> remember all of her presentations, don't you? Um, how can people find you to get in? Are you the person at Advantage to talk to if they want to have questions or if they want to open an account? Yep, they can reach out to me. She's like, no, um, not after talking yeah, to Steven. No, I'm the person um, they would reach out to. And anybody can call me directly. My direct phone number is 727-754-9963. And I'll repeat it, 727-754-9963. You can also visit us at advantaira.com. To just kind of browse the website, see what's going on. We have classes all the time. There are always no cost, no obligation. I actually am going to be doing a webinar coming up. Um, I don't know when this will air, but um, you know, if you have questions on a 401k, I'm going to be talking about a 401k um, later in November. But everything is recorded. So anytime you need, you know, a webinar on a topic, I can find it for you and send the link. Um, and those are great ways to just really even introduce yourself to the idea of a self-directed IRA. I have people follow our webinars for six months before they reach out and say, okay, I have some more specific questions about what I'm looking to do. So, um, and I... I did talk to Stephen too about a special offer. So if anybody reaches out to me and you mention the podcast, we'll waive your account opening fee. That's $50. So I'm happy to do 
that, you know, and also, you know, there's not going to be um, a deadline or a limit on that. Cause like I said, sometimes when you're new to self-directing, you need a little bit of time to absorb it and really sort of think about what structures you're looking at for yourself. Awesome. Steve, anything else we missed? Good. Yeah. I mean, I have personal questions for her. So oh, maybe sure. after this, <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Larissa, thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it very much. Good meeting thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.